Warning, this case discusses murder, domestic violence, sexual assault, and possible animal abuse. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to another episode of the It's a Crime O'Clock Somewhere podcast. This is episode 77, and today I'll be talking about the murder of Wayne Wires. My sources for today's episode are People Magazine Investigates, Season 6, Episode 2, titled Mother's Orders, The Cinemaholic, InvestigationDiscovery.com, UPI.com, and People.com. As usual, all of my sources will be linked in today's show notes. She had got my gun. I didn't know anything about it. I have never seen a mother do anything like this before. I felt so scared. Because I'm 11 years old and I don't understand what's happening. This is chaos. My next memory is being picked up by two social workers. Right here is where our life changed completely. When they start telling two stories, you know one of the stories isn't correct. We didn't know who had pulled the trigger. He said, just tell the truth, the truth will set you free. This case takes place in Ritchie County, West Virginia. Wayne Wires grew up with his mom, dad, and four siblings. They lived in the country in Ritchie County, and they it was described as everywhere you look, there was a farm and a creek. Sharon... Wayne's sister said Wayne was her protector and looked after her and the other siblings. Wayne was a good student and played football, but he was also a ladies' man. That was until he was 16 when he caught the eye of 15-year-old Priscilla Bailey. Her cousin set them up. Priscilla said Wayne was tall and had pretty brown eyes. They started dating almost right away. Priscilla said at that time they would either go ride around in a car, shoot pool, or dance. Priscilla said she got bored and broke up with Wayne. Wayne was heartbroken, but soon they moved on to other people. Priscilla got pregnant and gave birth in October 1975. While they were at the hospital, Priscilla saw Wayne, who also had a baby born around the same time and at the same hospital. Priscilla said he seemed older and she was more attracted to him. Wayne had gotten married to another woman. Priscilla tried to focus on her new husband and child, but Wayne didn't let her go. He called her and he told her that he didn't want to be married and asked her to go for a ride with him. Priscilla agreed, and they picked up where they left off, and Wayne filed for divorce. Wayne moved in with Priscilla and her daughter, Mary, and they eventually got married and had three children together, John, Chris, and Melissa. In 1986, they moved into a home in Adrian, West Virginia. Priscilla's mom, Eva, also moved in with them. Mary said they grew up very poor and had a small house. Mary said she slept in the same bed as her grandma, but their grandma would give them 35 cents to get food at school. Wayne became a truck driver and worked several hours. He would call all the time while he was out on the road. But on February 24, 1987, everything changed. Around 1 a.m., the police received a phone call from the Wires residence. The information that the police had gotten was that Priscilla had shot Wayne. Sheriff Virgil Miller was familiar with the home and had been there on two previous occasions. 
One was from a feud with a neighbor, and the other was due to a domestic dispute. When the police arrived, there were several people in the home when the police entered, the grandmother and some of the kids. Wayne was lying on his back and had fallen out of his chair. He was incoherent and mumbling, and no one was trying to give Wayne CPR. A twenty-two caliber shell casing was found near Wayne's body, and a bolt-action rifle was found still inside the house. Wayne had been shot in the chest, but there was very little blood. The police immediately smelled alcohol, and Wayne was telling them that he was going to die. They asked him what had happened, but he said he didn't know. By 1.30 a.m., more EMTs and first responders were arriving. Wayne was rushed to the hospital. Priscilla was interviewed in one of the police cars. Priscilla told them that she and Wayne had been fighting all weekend because she had lent his Jeep to a friend. When Wayne returned home, he discovered that his Jeep had been in a car wreck. Priscilla told him that she had been the one driving and lost control of the car. Wayne didn't believe her and was out asking anyone who was actually driving the car. Wayne went to the nearby apartment complex across the street, and someone there told Wayne that Priscilla had been having sex with the man who was driving the Jeep, but Priscilla denied this. Priscilla said Wayne became abusive. She said he beat her up in the head, mouth, and tried to choke her. He also ripped her shirt. Priscilla said that Wayne had a knife and was holding it up to her face and that he was on top of her and she was trying to fight him off. Priscilla said she couldn't take the abuse anymore and decided to shoot him. Priscilla said she waited for the kids to fall asleep. The police didn't believe her story as she had no cuts or bruises on her. She also had no blood on her face. Priscilla then changed her story. She said she didn't shoot Wayne but was still responsible. Priscilla said Mary got the gun and loaded it. She said Mary was the real shooter and she was only 11. Mary was interviewed by the police. The police officer asked me what had happened and I, I just basically told him, I said, I did it. We found that very, very hard to believe. The police didn't believe Mary or Priscilla and thought that Mary had a lot of loyalty to her mom and wanted to protect her. A GSR test was done on Mary's hands. Priscilla's hands were also tested. The gun, shell casing, and Wayne's shirt were sent to the lab for testing, but neither Mary or Priscilla was arrested at the time. Mary said after the police left, she fell asleep on the couch, and she woke up around 6 a.m. when Priscilla called and told Mary to go to the neighbor's apartment. Mary said Priscilla was crying and that Wayne had died. Wayne's other children, Chris, was only eight, Melissa was four, and John was only five months old. She said she did see the blood stain. Melissa said no one would tell her anything because she was so young. Wayne's family learned that he had been shot. The local news and media shared the story all over the country, and the local media knocked on the wire's door to interview Priscilla and Mary. I was asleep on that, and I thought everybody else was in bed. I thought they were asleep, but evidently, I guess Mary wasn't. She had got my gun. I didn't know anything about it. And she just came right back in there, and she shot it. I remember Priscilla telling me that I needed to tell them what happened. I felt so vulnerable and so scared. I mean, here are all these cameras, and they're asking me these questions. Wayne, he beat up my mom. He got drunk and he passed out in the chair. The news aired this story that same night. The police believed Priscilla had shot Wayne and believed that nothing would happen to Mary if she confessed that she was only 11.
The police said after speaking to Mary, they knew she didn't know how the gun worked or how to load it. The police returned and confronted Priscilla. Priscilla said that she was interviewed again and that they told her she was lying. She was arrested and Mary was taken and told that she was going to be going to foster care. Wayne and Priscilla's other kids were picked up by the state and taken into foster care. Wayne's brother, Dale, tried to get them, but they didn't have the means, so the state wouldn't let them. Mary was put into a separate foster home. Mary's grandma, Ava, was questioned about the self-defense and abuse claims. She said Priscilla had tried to recruit others to kill Wayne, and Eva also handed over some letters that Priscilla had written years earlier. Priscilla even wrote, quote, Mom, can you, get some me- can you get me some poison, end quote. She had tried for years to kill Wayne. She also wrote that if she had one twenty-two shell casing, she could kill him. The police believed that they had evidence that Priscilla intended to kill Wayne all along. In May 1987, Priscilla was indicted on the charge of first-degree murder. But four weeks later, the GSR results came back. The GSR test showed that gunpowder residue was found on Mary's hands. Mary said she was concerned that she was going to jail because there was talk of her being tried as an adult. Mary was charged with murder. The police believed wholeheartedly that Priscilla was manipulating Mary. Mary's attorney made a deal that she would go free if Mary testified against her mom, and this made headlines around the country. On June 15, 1988, opening arguments began in Priscilla's case. The evidence is also going to show that Mrs. Wires had many, many alternatives, that this was not born out of necessity. She could have done many things to protect herself. The evidence is going to show, no, that she took it into her own hands. Priscilla's defense said that Wayne wasn't a victim and he was abusive. Mary testified against her mom, but cameras weren't allowed in the courtroom. Mary said that Wayne would get mad and punch Priscilla. It escalated when Wayne discovered his Jeep had been crashed. Mary said that it got so bad and that Wayne threatened to kill Priscilla. Mary said she was pulled out of bed to shoot Wayne. She said Priscilla got the gun and put it next to her. She said she looked at her and said, I need you to shoot him in the head. She also told her daughter that she wouldn't go to jail because she was too young. Mary said she told her mom not to make not to make her do it. Mary said Priscilla handed her the gun and directed her to the living room and to Wayne's chair. Mary aimed the gun at his stomach instead. She said nothing happened and she ran back down the hall. Priscilla looked at the gun and told her it was ready to try again. She sent her back to the living room, but the gun didn't fire again. The safety had been on and she handed the gun back to Mary and Mary shot him in the stomach. The defense didn't deny that Priscilla did it, but they introduced the battered wife syndrome. Several witnesses, including Priscilla's mom, Eva, were called to the stand. Wayne had even abused Eva, according to her. Mary said Wayne abused all of them. She said Wayne would beat Priscilla so bad that they that she couldn't lift her arm sometimes. Eva said that on the weekend Wayne was killed, Wayne had a knife. Eva said it was a butcher knife and that he was going to kill Priscilla with it. Mary said anything would set Wayne off and that he would call her a red-headed bitch. Sharon, his sister, denied that Wayne was like that. Sharon said someone would have had to push his buttons. Priscilla testified and said the abuse was also sexual. Priscilla Jean Myers. How did your husband sexually abuse you during your marriage? When he held me down in bed, when he was verbally abusing me, and when he made me do that with the woman, and also with the dog. Maybe take off all my clothes. 
but the gun on the floor and he stimulated the dog and positioned him. The prosecution and the police claimed that Priscilla had many moments when she could have left and that the police told her she could file some restraining orders against him. They said that Priscilla talked about killing Wayne before with rat poison. On June 23, 1988, the jury deliberated for three hours. Priscilla was convicted, but would be eligible for parole after 10 years. The sentence angered Wayne's family. Chris, Melissa, and John were adopted by their foster family, and Mary bounced around from homes until she was an adult. Priscilla wrote to the judge to allow her to see the kids, but the adoptive family didn't let her see them. She was eventually ruled to be able to see them despite the adoptive family's objections. Mary said she wanted to see Priscilla and often visited her. On February 18, 1998, Mary was 21 now at the time. She told the parole why Priscilla should be released. Mary talked about her life in foster care and she believed that many were touched by her story. Priscilla was released after 10 years. Mary moved in with her. Priscilla got pregnant with a new boyfriend and Mary said she let her mom stay with her for a year until she finished her probation. And Mary helped her get a job and an apartment. Priscilla saw her other kids too. Chris had issues and was always running away. Melissa is a recovering drug addict and is now a mom and drug free. I struggle with understanding what Priscilla's thought process was as to why she didn't feel like any of this was her responsibility or her fault. I'm your child, I'm 11 years old. I don't think she realized what she was putting on me. Mary wrote a memoir called My Mother Soldier. Mary said it helped her heal and it seems to have gotten very good reviews, so I hope to read it someday. I hope Mary is healing, but it's clear she was manipulated by her mom. I don't think the police should have suggested that everything Priscilla said was made up. It seems like there was some truth to it. But Mary is a strong woman for letting her mom back into her life. I think a lot of it had to do with her wanting to be away from the horrible life she had in foster care. My book recommendation for this week is All He Has Left by Chad Zunker. Summary. After Jake Slatter's wife died in a tragic hit and run, all he has left is his daughter Piper, nearly lost too, in a brutal custody battle with his wealthy in-laws. A year later, Jake reluctantly agrees to a reunion with the estranged family for Piper's 13th birthday. Then a single gunshot rings out and a new nightmare begins. Piper is kidnapped and her cousin Caitlin is murdered. Caitlin's cryptic dying words, Piper knows the truth. Jake is the only witness to the murder and the only suspect. For an innocent man trapped in a world conspiring to crush him, the only way to clear his name and find Piper is to do it on the run. Crucified by the media, pursued by the FBI, and hunted by an assassin, Jake can feel his desperation escalating with every tick of the clock. The closer he gets to the truth, the more risks, the more he risks uncovering family betrayals so sinister they're worth killing for. A tense custody battle brings Jake and his in-laws together again, only it ends in tragedy when a murder and kidnapping occurs. Jake becomes a suspect and again, his world is turned upside down. The characters were very compelling and each chapter left me guessing until the truth was revealed. I give this book a 9 out of 10. I hope you all enjoyed today's episode. I'd love to know what you think. Do you think Mary actually shot Wayne or do you think it was actually Priscilla? Please subscribe to my blog, follow me on Instagram and Twitter, buy me a coffee, email me, and leave me a 5-star rating and review. I'll be back next week with an all-new case and book recommendation. And remember, it's crime o'clock somewhere.